0: Hey, everybody, you're listening to Top Quartile, where we bring you stories from the front lines of growth in community-focused financial services. Well, hello and welcome. I'm Dan Marks, partner EVP here. And today we are talking to Charlie Moon, who was a banker for a while and is now a published author with with a
1: really interesting background. Uh, Good to have you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate getting to be here. This is exciting for me. Fun to talk to real people. (laughs) <laughs> so tell us
0: a little bit about your journey, Charlie. You had a, you have this background in banking and what you're up to now. I won my first
1: sales contest when I was six. I presented my first session when I was four. And in 1991, I was working as a sales manager in radio stations. And I thought, you know, really, my family's called to serve other people and help other people through education and counseling. And so I went out on my own and started doing sales training. And I thought that was a great way to get started. And and I was standing in the airport in St. Louis, talking to a lady who was a sales manager for a bank that I was working with. And I said, what are you gonna do for the 178 people of this bank you just bought? And she said, well, next week, I'm gonna go out and teach them the products. And I thought, no, that's for the bank. What are you doing for the people? And she said, Next week I'm going out. I'm gonna teach them the products. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, no, no, no. You we, let's prepare these people for the journey they're going on. Because when the when things change in people's lives, you have to prepare them for that transition. And so what that did was it opened up a bunch of doors, honestly, for me and the banking business with getting to go out to all the banks that this bank bought and do transition consulting work and help them with the sales process. It was a successful process. They asked me to stay. I stayed in banking for 20 years. And to be honest, banking kind of lost its charm. And I thought, I'm gonna go back and do what I was doing, which is do consulting work for professional services organizations. And And that's what brought me to here is I, I wrote this book called How to Turn Order Takers into Rainmakers to help people along this journey because technical skills are not enough they have to develop business because technical skills won't carry their career anymore. That's a great
0: uh, setup for a, for our conversation. Excellent. Now, uh, now kind of on a personal level, what's one fascinating fact that most people don't know about Charlie?
1: I sold a dollar bill. I pulled out of my billfold once for, I thought it was a big deal when I sold it for a thousand. And then I pulled out another one and sold it for 2000. I've sold them for 3000. I've sold half a glass of water for $700. I've sold used desserts that were sitting on the table that somebody had eaten. I sold that for $450. The other night I sold a basketball for $8,700. Proof positive, Dan, that if you have the right people, the right plan and the right process, you can accomplish anything. And if you don't have those three Ps, what you'll have is a fourth P, which is problems. Let's back up. The reason I sold the dollar bills and the half glass of water and all that is I do benefit auctions for nonprofits to help those less fortunate. I started doing those in 2003 and have figured out this process. I'm designated through the National Auctioneers Association as a benefit auctioneer. There's about 10,000 auctioneers in the country and about 5,000 of us belong to the National Auctioneers Association and about 200 of us do benefit auctions for nonprofits. And I'm one of those 200 people. So with the right plan, the right process, and the right people, you can accomplish anything. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> this is a fascinating little known fact. So you're the
0: one who who set up the scene in, in that uh, movie, Wall Wolf, Street? Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf? Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. But but for a lot better cause, it sounds like. Thank you. That's, it's great to, to be able to use just some of your gifts and give back
1: and, and support others, so. Well, and to be honest with you, it's great visibility for me because those are all high net worth people that are in the room that night spending money at those benefit auctions and they know who I am, whether I know who they are or not, but it opens up great doors. So when you walk up to the managing partner of a firm and he says, what are you doing? And, and I tell him and he says, we need to go to lunch. That's a thumbs up when you're in my business. Awesome. So what led you, you you've had this varied background in
0: banking and other professional services and coaching. What led you to, to write the book?
1: Honestly, I was sitting with a uh, managing partner one day and I was rolling out my process and I could tell from his look on his face and his eyes that I needed to get everything that was in my head out on paper. And so I set my goal and in 2021 to get this book out of my head and onto paper. And the acronym I use for that is called PHOTO, which is focus on the outcome. Figure out where you wanna go, get the baby steps in line to get to the outcome you want, and you can get there. What happens is a lot of people get focused on the problem, and that problem creates anxiety in their life, that anxiety creates a reaction, that reaction creates another problem, that problem creates more anxiety, And they just get caught up in this endless loop of up and down and up and down. And it's just a problem. So if you focus on the outcome of where you want to be, you know, with your with your business or your life, look 10 years out and then back up to what do we need to be doing over the next 30, 60, 90 days to make that trajectory hit that that outcome that we have out there will be more successful. And so that's why I wrote the book and. I didn't know anything about writing a book. So it's a big project. So I hired a guy who's a development editor and he had a template and he helps people like me write books like that. So it, it, that, that's how it, that's how it all happened. And honestly, the book's doing exactly what I wanted it to do, which is create visibility for the work that I do. Awesome. And so, yeah, can you break down the method that you, you cover in the book? or give us a taste of, at least a taste of it. Sure, so two things. One is I I came up with this acronym, EMBRACE. And those are components that you need to have to put a business development plan in process in place. Because what happens when you tell bright, articulate, technically competent professionals to stop looking at spreadsheets and go look at strangers? If you don't have the right plan, the right process, and the right people in place, you both will fail. And so, if we have the three P's in place, we can put the embrace acronym in place, those components to help people be successful. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, okay, go sell something. <laughs> That's not real successful. And so what we want to do is, is first is educate these people as to what we want them to do and make a transparent process. The M is for mentor and help those people understand where they need to go by somebody who's been there and help them on their development level where you want them to go. And then the B is birth a process. You conceive it, your gestation period you have that you put the process together and then you deliver on that process. R is for develop some routines around what you want to do. And then I put the A and the C, capital letters, because those are the second and third most important word that people can have when they're managing sales or managing business development. And that's around accountability for the A and the C is consistency. If you hold people accountable in a consistent manner, you'll be more successful, obviously. And then the E is execute. Not a lot left if you hold if you set the expectation, hold people accountable in a consistent manner. You know, I do meetings 10 o'clock on Tuesday, 7 o'clock on Wednesday, 4 o'clock on Thursday. I stay away from Friday because everybody's getting ready for the weekend. Fair enough. So that's the embrace model. And then I also use a seven-layer process for the business development process where we first focus the business on the outcome that they want. Where you want to go? Where are you and where you want to go? Then we we prepare them for the journey, like those 178 people that were getting ready to transition to a new bank. You know, they all think they're going to lose their jobs and horrible things are going to happen. Well, you prepare them for that journey from the old way of doing things to the new way of doing things, because in the middle, they're going to go through that valley of despair where things seem wrong and they're lost and all that. You help them through that. And then we teach them a process from hello to infinity and beyond. (laughs) And then we do prospecting cadences, engagement cadences to make sure people are telling the right stories. And then we have a follow up cadence. Because the worst thing as a sales manager to have happen is when you have your meeting with people and you say, okay, what's going on with whoever? And they go, well, I don't know. I left them a voicemail. That's, that's not going to get us closer to the outcome we want. So those are the, the components and then also the process. And so, you know, how does
0: it, and, it, and the book was very you know, focused on professional services broadly. What, what are some of the, the things that you think is, are the most applicable to, to a bank that wants to kick up their sales, uh, sales performance?
1: I observed banking beha- banker behavior for 20 years. And best I can tell, bankers are no different than any other person out there you know, that sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's true. They have the same fears. They have the same doubts. They have the same struggles as everybody else out there. And, you know, it's, it's, I was talking to somebody the other day and she said, well, we're different just like everybody else, you know, and (laughs) and because it's our problem. We think it's bigger than everybody else's. Right. And so what I really want to focus in on and help, help people in the banking business with and, and any professional service is that it's not the technical skills that will carry us. Those people that think their technical skills will carry them are wrong. Most sales training starts with hello and ends with with thank you, but it doesn't take into account what happens out in front of hello that determines if they'll say hello to enough people. And we have a objective process. We, we run an assessment on people to find out If they'll initiate contact with enough people to be successful, because if they won't, we need to help give them some tools to help them learn to control their behavior rather than letting it control them. And I think that's probably in banking where you don't necessarily have
0: purebred salespeople. You know, there is that strong, I mean, there's a, and it's one of the things I love about banking is there's a very strong sense of community support in many cases but then most people that are in a sales con a customer contact job in the bank had some other role, you know, if it was commercial side, they came up through the, the credit training program or perhaps, or, uh, you know, retail, sometimes they, they get hired from other fields or came up through the teller ranks. So I think that in particular of, of really providing that training and understanding about how to, how to engage with customers in a structured way is, is really important.
1: Well, I, I agree. The, uh, the 10th chapter in the book is called The Circle of Competence. And what happens is, and, and it came from, from uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, and they, they stay in their circle of competence. And that is they invest in things that they know that they know. And what happens is they stay they stay away from things that they think they know. If you stay within the things that you know that you know, if you're a credit guy, you know that you know credit. And if you're a private banking person, you know that you know what you need technically to be a private banker. And what they do is, you know, people that know the technical things really don't have a background in business development. So it's, I think it's important to really work within your circle of competence. You know, I've been doing this for 30 years. I think you know, I've got a few things figured out. So, so, you know, I, I, uh, Marty Stewart used to play guitar for Johnny Cash and was his son-in-law. He is a, a bluegrass player. And he said, when someone shows up in your life, be brave enough to let them in. And I thought, you know, that's, that's really true is a lot of people are fearful of letting somebody else in. And I had a mom last summer that was a CPA and, and she, she told me after we worked together for a while, she said, you know, what you've taught me is the value of visibility and understanding processes for visibility to help me make my competency visible. And she was on a national platform at a conference. She was part of that national committee. And she said, I would have never done that before I understood the value of visibility and being able to make my competencies visible. I would have sat down and been quiet and let somebody else do it at somebody else's turn. But the world is ran by the people that show up. and But we gotta show up, fair enough. There you go. She she told me she learned to control those nagging doubts. And that, you know, that <laughs> we we all have
0: them, fair enough. There you go. You know, one of the things that's a hot topic in banking right now is just this omnichannel migration or digital transformation. And that that definitely applies, you know, to different degrees to business customers or consumers, but what are, you know, what's your thoughts on how does some of the the principles and best practices apply in a context where You know, the the customer might have gone through three or four or five digital touches before they uh, before they talk to a human.
1: Well, and at some point they've got to talk. We want them to talk to a human. Fair enough. And what happens is everything's about data and delivery. And part of that delivery is that they've got to initiate people. We need as as bankers, we need to initiate contact with those prospects out there. Because the only way we can grow a bank is to get it from somebody else. And if you're not talking to your client, somebody else is. Fair enough. And if they're not engaging the client, somebody else is. People work out of two, two buckets. They work out of logic and they work out of emotion. And what happens a lot of times is those technical people get so strung out on logic and wanting to be logical and they forget that the people that they're talking to aren't of the same ilk that they are and they need to connect with them on the emotion side by telling engaging stories and getting them to understand where the, the, the client is.
0: Yeah you think you talk about emotion. I mean one of the really important parts in retail banking is how you handle those inbound calls. If somebody's already visited the website, you know, logged into online banking, you know, they've had two or three ways to try to find a solution their needs are. And so you know, by the time they get to a human, they may be more frustrated than any other. And so that's not a logical moment.
1: There you go. uh, There you go. And they just want to be heard and understood because they've been through, they've been, they are frustrated and nobody calls the phone center because they're having a great day. (laughs) Right. So if we can help help people listen and understand and, and uh, engage with those people on an emotional level where, where they feel like they've been heard and understood, that's, that endears them to us.
0: Well, how do you um, so we talk, we've talked a lot about process. How do you think some of the best practices are to measure the impact of of the type of type of
1: program we're talking about? When we first start out, I have a business development checkup that we really have people sit down in their seat and take this business development checkup to see where they are with their people. If they have the right people, you know, as Jim Collins would say, the right people on in the right seats. So people, and then plan, do they have the right plan in place and do they have the right process? And then after we look at that, we have an alignment meeting to see where they are currently and where they wanna go. And then we see if there's suitability and then we launch. And all that's up, 100% risk-free. We just do that to, to make sure that, that we're in, where alignment is in place. Then what do we do with best practices on, on each individual person is we have individual development plans for each person and we have accountability software that we have accountability metrics that we record what they're doing through software. Because there's there's two kinds of power when you're managing people. There's personal power and there's position power. And typically the people in the bank that they report to, they have position power. Me as an outside consultant or outside helper, I have personal power. If things get really uncomfortable for them, we need that position power. You know, we need we need to do this so we can hold people accountable to doing their job. So we direct and coach and support and delegate to each person depending upon their development level. And those accountability metrics are recorded each week so we know if if they're if they're on track going to, in the right direction or if they're getting off track and then we help coach and support around that. What are some of the, some of the key takeaways you think
0: are, are really important for banks to consider in their sales management, sales coaching process?
1: The, the three that I think of first are people plan and process of looking at those and here's where we are, here's where we're going, here's what we're gonna to need to do to get there and, and helping those people along. Nobody goes to work to mess up, I don't really think. I think they go to work to do the best job that they know how to do. And they may be on a different path than the, the ownership is. Maybe we need to do a better job as owners to communicate what path we want them to take. And then if you're just starting out in the business development process or if you've been there for a while, also start before hello start with that process to get them through that emotional short circuit so that they're out developing enough relationships and initiating enough contact that they'll be successful. And then the, I like to, to have a prospecting cadence and engagement cadence and then a follow up cadence. And I call those cadences because I think drum lines are really cool. Drum lines where <laughs> you know, 20 people are lined up doing exactly the same thing and nobody's making any mistakes. And if we really work on prospecting, engagement and follow-up, those cadences will come together for each individual.
0: Gotcha. And so just to wrap up for fun, Charlie, if you could go back to before you you know maybe back to that that uh, moment where you were thinking about joining a bank for the first time and everything you know now about the about business development and the banking business. What, what words of advice would you have to that uh, that younger Charlie?
1: Man, when you said go back to that, when you were thinking about going into, I went to lunch with the, the boss of the guy that hired me to do the first contract in 94. And he said, he said, you know, we're having success. He said, you know, things are going well. This project's really going great. Why don't you just stay? And I went, oh, no, I said, and I thought, this is awesome. They're going to offer me a job. This is fun because they were great people and they were paying me a bunch. And so I thought, this is great. And I thought I need to be honest, though. And I said, I don't know anything about banking. And he said, that's great. He said, and I was like, really, tell me more. And he said, well, (laughs) he said, we have plenty of bankers. He said, you don't need to learn any of our stuff. We need to learn your stuff. Well, that was, you know, that was great for me because then I went to work for their holding company and was traveling three states and my two-year-old son was getting on his trike saying I'm going to Kansas City to see my dad and that wasn't so good. <laughs> that changed some things. but But anyway, to go back to what I really would like to think about is to really focus on solving the problem, really focus on the outcome and solve the problem, not the anxiety around the problem. And I think what happens a lot of times is people solve the anxiety around the problem rather than solving the problem. And what they do is they say, okay, we we'll, we need a sales manager. So we'll get somebody that talks to a bunch of people. Well, that may not be the solution. So develop a, an objective process to hiring people and understand really what's going on there and solve the problem rather than the anxiety around the problem. And that goes back to focusing on the outcome because like I said, when we started, a lot of people focus on the, the problem, which creates anxiety, which creates a reaction, which creates another problem. And it just gets in a continuous loop. Gotcha. Well, Charlie, thanks so
0: much for coming to the program. Absolutely sharing your wisdom. And we'll put links to Charlie's website and book in the show notes uh, so folks can easily find that and um, take care.
1: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, Dan.
0: That's it for today on Top Quartile. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Top Quartile wherever you find podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating. And if you're interested in getting an opportunity assessment, head over to infusionmarketinggroup.com to learn more.